It's Life with Jerry Williams. I'm Jerry, and this is my life. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. Coming up, I'm going to share a little bit about a hobby I started almost two years ago. Actually, it was probably about two years ago that I started thinking about getting into this particular hobby, and it has just been fascinating. Of course, as with any endeavor in life, there's there's highs and lows, and I'm going to tell you about that coming up, and also going to share a little bit about the joy of learning and how that was brought home to me, how I was reminded of that very recently by my youngest grandson. All of that is coming up on this episode of Life with Jerry Williams. To the best of my recollection, it was right around two years ago or so, maybe not quite two years now, that I started thinking about taking up a new hobby. And I don't know, people have asked me why I did this. Why did you start doing this? And to be honest, I don't really know why. I was just sitting around one day watching TV in the evening with my wife, Terry, in our family room. And I realized I've been sitting in this chair every night all week. I haven't done a thing. I need to get up and do something. I need something new to sink my teeth into. And for some reason, beekeeping came into my head. I don't know if I had read something about the bees. We've all been hearing the last few years about the plight of honeybees and how the population is declining. I don't know if I had read something, if somebody had said something, if I saw a documentary, but that just, that idea just popped into my head. And so I started doing some research and I thought, you know, this is something I could do. I could set up some hives in the backyard or the side yard so I wouldn't have to be away from home. I could do it here at the house. And if Terry wanted to help me out with it, she couldn't. If not, I'm just across the yard. So it wouldn't be that big a deal. So I got into it. I did a lot of research on it and I got my bees late in June of 2018 so too late to get any honey from the uh, that initial season because i had already missed the nectar flow so i had them got them through the winter and i got honey last year and i went out early this year back in january just to check on them see if they needed any more food because i had fed them back in november or december or whatever and i had three by this point i had split one of them. they were all gone all my bees had left or died but i didn't see a lot of dead be anyway so i have two new hives on order and i will be picking them up in a couple of weeks and i'll update you on that from time to time i'll I'll share some of my beekeeping experiences i did get like 30 pounds of honey uh out of them that that first spring that they were there during the spring where i could get some honey it's just a fascinating fascinating hobby to see how this hive uh, and, and it at their peak during the peak nectar flow when the flowers are in bloom and they're gathering nectar and turning it into honey there's a hundred thousand bees in each one of these hives each one with a specific job to do they know what the job is it, it's amazing to see how the queen lays so many eggs and if the queen gets old or they they're they're swarming what it takes to make what normally would be a worker bee into a queen bee it is just fascinating to see the way these bees work if there's something that you know if you've been looking for a hobby something to do you've got a little bit of property you don't need much i mean there are people in some big cities in new york city have rooftop beehives i would uh, encourage you to look in to beekeeping i had an evening meeting a couple of weeks ago and when i got home door flew open as i pulled the car into the driveway and my youngest grandson trenton burst through the doorway to meet me in the garage pap pap i did math today i did math today 
his smile lit up the entire garage with excitement. He had done math. He's five years old and he's in kindergarten and he loves school, loves learning. One night he asked me how long he had until bedtime. I told him he had about 10 minutes and he frowned. I wish I could go to bed now so morning would come sooner and I could go back to school. He actually said that. And here in the semi-gloom of the garage, he couldn't wait to share with me that he had finally been permitted entrance into that heretofore forbidden and magical world of numbers. He had found the key to the entrance of math, and he could barely contain himself. The rest of that evening, we parried simple addition questions back and forth, all using single-digit numbers, of course. But by golly, they were actual math problems, and Trenton was solving them. Knowledge can be powerful and learning intoxicating and exciting. And it can be addictive, and that's generally a good thing. I love learning. One of my favorite parts of starting a new endeavor or hobby is learning about it. A little less than two years ago, I took up beekeeping. I'm constantly learning new things. Learning, for me at least, often leads to several realizations. The first, how much I do not yet know. The second, how much more there is left to learn. And eventually, but admittedly not always, there comes the ability to apply what I've learned in one discipline to other areas of life. Now, that's certainly been true of beekeeping. As I watch my hives grow and work, I'm amazed at how wonderfully God engineered these creatures and how each one performs its task for the good of the entire hive. There, there's something scriptural about that. The process of applying knowledge is the most crucial, the most important, and the most beneficial aspect of learning. Now, Trenton's already doing that with his grasp of basic math. He's able to figure out how many more forks he needs to set the table, how many more minutes till bedtime, how many more sleeps until his birthday. It's that application of knowledge that makes learning worthwhile. Without it, frustration is almost sure to set in. Paul warned Timothy in the New Testament against those who are always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. So these men also oppose the truth, men of depraved minds. Earlier in that same letter, Paul warns Timothy about this kind of person, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. Avoid such men as these. Paul then goes on to tell Timothy, you, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them. See, there's more to learning than simply acquiring knowledge. Paul refers to it here as becoming convinced, testing and proving that what we have learned is actually true. And the source of knowledge we acquire is almost as important as the knowledge itself. The teacher must be trustworthy. And the things of life that really matter, which will last into eternity, there's but one source which is always trustworthy. Paul reminds Timothy that from childhood you have known the sacred writings, which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So seek knowledge, thirst for truth, and the wisdom to not only discern the truth in what you learn, but to apply that truth in every area of life. 
And that's a wrap on another episode of the podcast. Again, thank you so much for listening. Please do subscribe if you have not yet already. And if your platform allows it, leave a review and a five-star rating. That helps other people find out about the podcast. Coming up next week, something very special. I'm going to have a very special guest with me, Jeannie Gaffigan. She is the wife of comedian Jim Gaffigan. She's his writing partner, produces all of his comedy specials. And a couple of years ago, she was diagnosed with a brain tumor, and she wrote a book about it called When Life Gives You Pears. And we're going to talk a little bit about that next time. You know, I have to say that I, by no stretch of the imagination, had some kind of epiphany moment that, you know, changed my life completely in terms of like who I was. And I just let go of all my material possessions and and lived in a hut in the woods. (laughs) That did not happen. But what I can say is that my perspective was really shaken up, you know, and I like the conversion of Paul, you know, getting knocked off the horse. That was kind of my moment. I I am who I am. I, I am this person who is an overdoer. You know, I take on too much, like five kids, you know, but what it did show me was that where's the meaning in all these choices I'm making? And I think it is important to say yes to things that God wants us to do, even if we want to just lie in bed and watch Netflix and eat popcorn all weekend. <laughs> but if you're not really awake to what your God is trying to do with your life, it's easy to sleep through your whole life. And all of a sudden you're at the end of your life and suddenly you realize wait a minute. I want to redo. That's Jeannie Gaffigan. She will be my guest on the very next episode of Life with Jerry Williams. I hope to see you then.